0: I'm Dr. Janelle Carroll, and welcome back to Makes Perfect Sex, where we explore everything college students want to know about sex. In the studio today, we have Age, and Age, you have a question for me.
1: Yeah, um, is there a way to repair a love language that an individual has a difficult time expressing?
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about love languages. So I know a lot of people, this is a really popular topic on campus. You know, a lot of college students are really interested. So there's five types of love languages. Let's see if we can come up with them. There's physical touch. There's uh, words of affirmation, quality time. um, what What am I leaving out? Acts of service, gifts. Okay, so I think we have all of them here. So, you know, we all tend to have one or two love languages, and a love language is kind of like a language we we learn growing up. um are you have you taken a love language quiz? I have. and And how do you do on those?
1: so I, I really like quality time and acts of services. Mm-hmm. and I'm not really strong in uh, physical
0: touch, okay. And when you think about, you said quality time, And acts of service? Yes. Where do you think, like looking back on growing up, where do you think those love languages came from?
1: So when I was little, I pretty much spent a lot of my time with my grandmother and my brother. So we would go and go out to eat when my parents were working. We would spend time playing as little kids. And we just kind of really spent time together. And I valued that growing up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that's really important because a lot of our experiences really inform the way that we show love to other partners later on. So flash forward, you know, you're a college student, you're in adult relationships. Do you find that those are still the qualities that you're looking for with your intimate partners?
1: Most definitely. I like to spend time with the people that I'm with. Even when with friendships, I like to go out to the mall or just spend a day together and really just get to know
0: them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because our love language isn't reserved for our intimate partners. It's for all the important people in our lives. We usually use that type of love language in that same way. Okay. So let's get back. So you have two that are, that you find that you really rely on and, and physical touch, not so much. Looking back, can you think of how the physical touch didn't become important in your life or, or what was it like growing up for you?
1: I guess ever since I was little, I've always been less of a physical touch kind of person. My parents always wanted to give me hugs or hold my hand or hug me and I I half the time wouldn't really want that or engage in that and I'd often wouldn't take their hands and it's just kind of how I've been since I was little.
0: Yeah. And that totally makes sense. It's like the pieces of a puzzle. It kind of fits together. Now, let's get back to your original question. So you asked me about repairing a love language. So that, to me, kind of um, how I make sense of that is that something feels broken. What needs to be repaired?
1: I guess more so my own comfortability in receiving and presenting physical touch in my everyday life towards friends, family, and loved ones in the future.
0: Do you find with friends today in your 20s that it's still tough to hug or show any type of physical affection?
1: Yes. Some of my closest friends, they actually are very physical friends and they love hugs. They love making sure that like holding each other's hands when they're scared. And it's always a little bit of a barrier for me that I, they always ask and make sure that I'm okay in that moment. But oftentimes we have to kind of balance out each other's love languages and make sure that we're not being too or not enough physical in our friendships.
0: Right. I love the fact that you have boundaries and your friends respect, respect your boundaries. I think that's really important. So you feel like maybe there's a way to increase like wanting to show this physical touch. Like you're looking, it sounds like you're looking for a solution for that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know, because you've learned and have two really powerful ways of showing love, it might be that it's just a different language. It's, it's increasing your comfortability with physical touch. Do you find in your relationships, your intimate relationships, now different than your, your friendship relationships, is physical touch difficult for you in those relationships as well?
1: So in those type of relationships, I like to really deep dive deep into that relationship and be with them for a long time. So after a while, it becomes very comfortable and it's almost in a way a very vulnerable part of me. So Mm -hmm. once that person is vulnerable with me, it makes it way easier to be comfortable doing all of the love languages for them.
0: That that sounds amazing. And I think, you know, it just, it almost opened up the answer to the question because it seems like, uh, if I can just give you a metaphor, that you have kind of a protective shell around you that forms a boundary between you and other people. And until you're comfortable and you feel confident being vulnerable with them and until they take off their shell as well, Um, You were saying your partner, you know, when he feels very, when he can let down his defenses and be vulnerable with you, it makes it a lot easier easier for you to show physical touch. Is that right?
1: Most definitely. Once my love languages are fulfilled, it makes it easier to fulfill the other ones that I'm not really comfortable with doing right off the bat.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent point. So when he does things for you or spends quality time with you, when you're not getting those needs met, it's harder for you to show physical touch.
1: Yeah, most definitely.
0: And that's exactly what the research says, that in order for us to feel loved, we have to get, we have to talk to our partners about our love language and let them know because they're not mind readers. They don't know, and they didn't grow up, you know, in your family like you did with the experiences that you had. So it's all about communicating them and then respecting those boundaries. So I like the fact that you said your friends ask for consent and they, you know, they really make sure. Have you found that with some of your friends that the the friendships have lasted longer, that it's a little bit easier to show that physical touch to them?
1: Yeah. Um, my more long-term friends, um, they're not really physical touch either. So it kind of just works out that way that we don't really do that as much, but Mm -hmm. my friends that I've made in college, they're more physical touch type of people. So I've, the longer I get to know them, the more comfortable I'm getting with them. And the more that they respect my boundaries, the more I'm comfortable being around them and showing them that part of me.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to challenge your thought that something's broken or something needs to be fixed because it sounds perfectly fine to me. It's just understanding how love languages work. It's perfectly fine to take time to feel comfortable and um, confident in a relationship because that makes it a lot easier for us to be be vulnerable. How does, how does that sound hearing that?
1: It makes sense, definitely. Um, it's something that everyone takes and learns as they go along and hearing it from someone else kinda reaffirms that there's nothing wrong with someone if they don't share a love language like they do, like other people do. And it's just how you are as a person, and if you want to change it, you can get more comfortable doing so by conditioning yourself and, like, being with people that are comfortable and you're comfortable with sharing those parts of you.
0: That's exactly right. And at the end of the day, really important. I mean, if if you spoke Spanish and your friends spoke English, it would be really hard to understand each other, right? So it's learning their language and how they like to be shown that they're loved. And I think, you know, the analogy I always use is keeping your gas tank full because when you're getting those acts of service and when you're getting quality time, you feel good and more confident about sharing other aspects of yourself. So that makes sense. Thank you so much for sharing that question, because I think that's one that a lot of students have. Yeah, thank you for having me. You got it. Take yeah. care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Makes Perfect Sex today. Come back next week to learn more. I'd like to give a big shout out to Professor Don Ennis at the UHeart Podcast Studio and my student assistant, Emily Richards. I'm Dr. Janelle Carroll.